The Living Traditions Festival is back Friday, May 17th through Sunday, May 19th at Washington Square Park in downtown Salt Lake City. You will find a global food court, live music, performances, art, workshops, Bohemian Brewery, and stuff for kids. Full disclosure, this is my favorite Salt Lake Festival. For details and to see the full program, visit livingtraditionsfestival.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. We are weeks out from an election and the endorsements are rolling in. But how much do they matter? Plus, ACE grants are open and the Green Loop is a go. Holy moly, another big week in our city. And lead producer Emily Means is here to help me break it all down. It's Friday, November 3rd. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Lead producer Emily Means, welcome back. Before we get into the news, we got to talk membership quickly. We love talking about membership because this is a really great way for us to connect with you, our beloved listener, our beloved community member. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a way to support the work that we're doing here at CityCast Salt Lake. If you listen to this podcast every single day, if you open our Hey Salt Lake newsletter, every single day to find out what's going on in this city. We're hoping that you'll become a founding member. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to do this for a long time. We have a lot of fun making our show a newsletter, and we think you have a lot of fun listening to our show and reading our newsletter. So if that sounds like the relationship that we have, then we would love if you supported our work. You can become a founding member of CityCast Salt Lake, Uh, It's not very expensive. Um, You can do it at membership.citycast.fm. There are different levels and things like that. And hit the website and explore and see if it's right for you. And thank you. Thank you, thank you to everyone who's already become a member. We've been overwhelmed by your support. We're thrilled and grateful, and we're excited to grow this program. Thank you. All right, with that, let's get into the news because it is election season. And one of the funny things about not being a registered voter, and to be clear, it's because I'm Canadian. It's not because I don't believe in democracy, um, is that I don't get political mail. Like, honestly, you would think there's no election if you're me. I don't get targeted ads. I don't get political mail. I don't get calls or texts. I know you're jealous. But Emily, you do. What's your inbox looking like? Oh, my gosh. Well, I feel like I kind of asked for this in a way. (laughs) Like I signed up for the candidates emails just to kind of see what was going on um, as a voter, but also as a local journalist here. Mm -hmm. Right. And Ali, I have received my ballot for this November 21st election. And I'm still it's just like looking at me unopened because I'm not entirely sure what to do yet. (laughs) Is your ballot like a rodeo ballot? Like, are you in Congressional District 2? I am not in Congressional District 2, which I learned this year when I uh, thought I was going to be voting in the primary election, but Mm -hmm. not the case. I'm actually in in CD1. So you just have the ranked choice ballot for municipal elections. You don't have the single page, two different ballots on one page. One is Mm -hmm. ranked choice, one isn't. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because people have been posting photos of those and they are kind of funny looking. (laughs) It's kind of fun. 
Yeah. And for anyone who has questions about ranked choice voting, boy, do we have a podcast episode for you. We will link it in the show notes. Uh, It's a good explainer on how ranked choice voting works. But Allie, you mentioned, what are we, like two-ish weeks out from the election? And what I've noticed is this last-ditch effort to convince you to vote for Rocky Anderson or Aaron Mendenhall based on the endorsements of, you know, longstanding community leaders or even just like regular folks in the community. I mean, yeah, or like, let's never, ever forget that Anna Valdemoros posted an endorsement on her Instagram. She's running for city council in District 4 that it was an endorsement from her husband. So, like, they kind of come at all levels. <laughs> right, 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 right. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that her husband's endorsing her. I think that's a really good sign. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> But, Ali, I've been thinking about this a lot because I'm seeing the Tribune op-eds. I'm getting the email updates. I'm Mm -hmm. seeing the posts on Instagram and Medium and wherever people are on the Internet these days. And I'm wondering, does it matter? Do these endorsements matter at all? And I would love your insight because you have a background in political campaigning and organizing. Yeah, I mean, do endorsements matter is such an interesting question. I think it was something that a lot of us kind of took for granted, um, maybe that they did for a long time, Mm because it's just kind of our political way as a nation. Never forget, I mean, I was in high school when probably I think the most significant political endorsement of all time happened, which was Oprah Winfrey endorsing former President Barack Barack Obama Obama (laughs) in 2008. I mean, do you remember? I remember that as a... High schooler, unregistered voter, like Canadian girl in Florida. I remember that being a watershed moment. And like various universities have looked into it and found that it was incredibly influential. Um, In terms of like celebrity endorsements or like high profile and, you know, like thinking about if like, you know, Julianne Huff endorsed Mm. Aaron Mendenhall, like local celebrities, right? Or like influencers. I don't know that they matter that much in my mind. I think a lot of that is because our relationship with celebrity culture has become more and more intimate. Like there was a time when everything that a famous person said had been rung through a PR machine. And Mm. so it was very measured. Like it was unusual to get people saying things super off guard or and so we could it was like easier to project trust on these figures, on like Mm -hmm. influential people. Now we know them too well, right? They slip up all the time in the public square. And so I think it's easier for us to parse out like whether we like them for whatever reason with like whether we ideologically agree with them. And so like it feels easier to kind of ignore influencer and like celeb endorsements, Mm -hmm. even at a local level, because I'm like, Yeah, but I also know, like, I know your take on, like, bananas, and I think it's crazy. So, like, whatever, you know? (laughs) Um, I also, I think, like, wealth is another thing. Like, if endorsements are rolling in from, like, and they start to feel, like, I don't, I guess maybe what I'm saying is, like, when all the rich people like a candidate, I'm a little skeptical Is that a red flag for you? (laughs) Well, let's, can we talk about some of these endorsements? And we're not going to hit all of them, but just some that I've seen recently. I mean, 
Former Salt Lake City Mayor Ralph Becker has endorsed Aaron Mendenhall for re-election. Lots of elected officials have endorsed Aaron. Although, like, from her list on the website, I didn't see any Republicans who had endorsed her. And I don't know if that was strategic on on the campaign's part or not. Uh, but just remember that the mayoral election is nonpartisan. Yeah, I mean... Last year, we know there were prominent Republicans that wrote checks for her. We do know that. Yeah. And surely, like, if we looked at the financial disclosures list, we would probably see that. But it just wasn't on this endorsement list. Also, the entire Salt Lake City Council endorsed Mayor Mendenhall. Um, And, oh, also the unions. And that's one thing I wanted to ask you about, Allie, because to me, a union endorsement feels like so old school that I don't know that that resonates with me in this modern era. What do you think? Okay, yes, but I do think something that's important to remember about endorsements that come not from individuals but from organizations is that often they're followed by organizational resources. So yes, I do still think that like Planned Parenthood, the Equality Utah on the sort of Republican end, the Eagle Forum, like... I do think as sort of like um, they tend to be bellwethers on like issues and I do think their endorsements can matter in terms of giving a candidate legitimacy and communicating out to the public a bit more about where a candidate might stand on issues, especially for people who aren't in the mood to read their website. Like I do think there is some value in that. But the other thing is, like, if you get a Planned Parenthood endorsement, if you get a union endorsement, you also might get money, right? Like, sometimes a check is then written, which is very helpful, famously, in political campaigning. And then you also can get volunteers. Like, unions Mm. for decades have been really, really good door knockers for campaigns. Like, they have physical manpower. Like, they can table for you. They can knock doors. They can go put up signs. So... Some of those organizational endorsements are about resources as well. Got it. So it's not necessarily like this endorsement will sway the voter on its face. Like if the AFL-CIO endorses Aaron Mendenhall, you know, a voter won't necessarily see that and be like, yes, now she has my vote. But perhaps some union members have gone and knocked doors and it's kind of that face-to-face connection then is probably pretty helpful in in getting out the vote. Yeah. Members of the AFL-CIO might be swayed by that, right? Because they might then get a mailer from an organization they're a member of saying, let's go, this is our guy. But I think I think it's also important to remember that like subtle endorsements of candidates are made every day. They happen in ward meetings. They happen in community groups. They happen when book clubs get together. They happen Mm. like where the way we talk about candidates and like the sort of like whisper network leading up to an election, like endorsements are happening every day, even between neighbors, you know. Um, But some of these big flashy ones, I think, are about kind of virtue signaling. Well, let's talk about Rocky Anderson's endorsements, because, you know, if Erin has more of these organizational ones, and she also has, of course, a lot of individuals who have signed Mm -hmm. on to support her. um, When I looked through Rocky's endorsements list, I saw far more individuals, you know, like, Mm -hmm. here's my individual endorsement of her, notably from Wendy Garvin, who is the executive director of Unsheltered Utah, a grassroots organization providing 
doing outreach to our unsheltered neighbors. She also wrote uh, an op-ed in the Salt Lake Tribune supporting Rocky. But also, like, parsing through this list, local Mm. real estate giant Kemsey Gardner endorsed Rocky. (laughs) A lot of jazz musicians have endorsed Rocky. Uh, Activists, advocates, former Salt Lake City police chief Chris Burbank. You know, those are kind of the things that stuck out to me um, parsing through that list. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting to see who's staked a claim in which camp. Yeah. I mean, you know what endorsements I kind of miss because I just thought they were interesting. And I also, I kind of do personally believe we're, we're maybe a little bit influential and seen as pretty credible, is when the Salt Lake Tribune used to endorse. Right. They no longer do that because they're now a nonprofit. But I mean, their endorsements, I think, in the past were sometimes unexpected. They sometimes made waves. Never forget when they endorsed Representative Mia Love over, uh, at the time, candidate Ben McAdams in the Congressional District 4 race in, what, 2018? Mm-hmm. And people, I think, see, you know, saw the trib as sort of a mm, not conservative institution in our state and in our community. And we're really, really surprised that they endorsed a Republican in a super competitive race. Like, um, I kind of miss the chaos of like Tribune and drama. They also just kind of got people talking, right? So like then you get getting people talking is half the battle in an election, especially as a candidate. Like the other thing that endorsements do is they can raise someone's name ID. So just getting your name out there is half the battle. And that is really can be really expensive. And so endorsements can also help if you're like a less known candidate. It can help raise your profile. I mean, it probably helped Celeste Malloy in Congressional District 2 that she was endorsed by the former candidate, Chris Stewart. So there's all different kinds of endorsements, but I don't know. I mean, has your mind ever been changed by an endorsement as a voter? Not once. Um, but also I am very indecisive all the time. Anyway. You also know too much. They're not <laughs> for you. Too much. They're not exactly. for you. You're too exactly. plugged in. Right. They're, they're not designed to change minds. They are designed to be a flashlight in the dark. And one last note on the election, Allie. Next week, we're going to be airing our conversations with each of the mayoral candidates about homelessness. Uh, We talked with them earlier this year. And frankly, some stuff has changed since then. So you and I are going to be providing a little bit of analysis and commentary at the end of those interviews. So everyone keep an ear out for that. That's starting Tuesday. Whenever posture comes up in conversation, we all do that thing where we immediately sit upright and pull our shoulders back. Did you do it just now? I did a movement session with Chandler at Embodied Patients, and after a few gentle corrections, I was surprised to find sitting up straight is incredibly easy. Chandler's practice combines over a decade of study in yoga, Pilates, and the Alexander Technique. So why should you invest in your posture? Let's start with the link between better posture and better breathing. Whether you're returning to activity from an injury, looking to manage pain, or just have the sense things could be a little easier, Chandler will teach you to create sustainable movement habits so that you can enjoy the things you love for longer. Maybe that's running marathons. Maybe it's walking the dog. Visit embodiedpatients.com to book a session with Chandler 
and give yourself the gift of your own attention. Spring is when leases expire, and if you're looking for a new or better apartment situation, here's the scoop at Ico Fort Union. Fort Union is Ico's newest build in Cottonwood Heights off 1300 East and 6720 South. And as they say in real estate, location, location, location. Ico Fort Union puts you 10 minutes from the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon and central to all the Fort Union shops and restaurants. But the complex is located on a dead end street, so you get peace. Ico Fort Union offers studio, one, two, and three bedroom apartment homes, plus these very cool three bedroom work live apartments. So if you're starting something new, you can live above your business space. Amenities include a pet spa, a spin loft, a bike hub, and EV charging stations. And they are signing leases right now. So visit liveatfortunion.com for a tour. Let's get into some really fun municipal decision-making that happened this week that could impact all of us. I'll start. I would like to talk about ACE grants. So the ACE grant program is open. ACE is an acronym. It stands for Arts, Culture, and Events. This is a grant program of the Salt Lake City Mayor's Office, and they have a $200,000 pot of funding available to basically fund like community projects. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a nonprofit or a particular organization or entity to apply for this grant funding. The idea is let's create just sort of a pot, a general pot that people can dip into when they are organizing things that make our city better or cooler or more inclusive or more beautiful. They fund over 100 events every year, so that's a lot. Um, And the awards can range from $500 to $10,000. So like Avenue Street Fair, uh, building a community garden. Um, There was a Unity Pow Wow at Liberty Park that was funded last year. I just think this is a really cool program, and I think as many people as possible should know about it. The grant application is officially open. And I actually, so a friend of mine is the grants coordinator. And I called her this morning to ask her what some of the most like frequently asked questions or common misunderstandings are about this program. And here's what she told me, Emily. So one is it is really competitive. Like this is a super cool program. Everybody wants in on it. Applications are pretty competitive. But on that note, There is a pretty easy way to help your application get a boost, and that is really emphasize why it matters to Salt Lake. So she said, we get applications often for things that are really cool on their face, but people write like kind of one to two sentence responses, and they don't really like kind of make the case for why it matters to Salt Lake City. And so doing that is just going to kind of automatically give you a better shot. Also, you should know this is supplemental funding. It's not a sponsorship. So like if you want to organize a block party in your neighborhood, you're going to need to have some other funding mechanisms. This is just kind of supposed to be additional support. That's really cool. The event itself has to be in Salt Lake City limits, but the organization or the group applying can be based outside of Salt Lake. So if you're like a West Valley based nonprofit, but you want to organize an event in Salt Lake City, you are welcome to apply. You just, the event has to be in limits. And then the final thing that I think is really cool is you can apply in any language. Oh, 
that doesn't happen often, I feel like. No. And they will source, like, the application itself is also available in Spanish. But, like, you can apply in any language and they will source a translation for your application. Cool. So, Ali, is it just events or could it be like, oh, I want to put signs up in my neighborhood or, you know, those sorts of projects? I think it leans more into arts and culture. So, like, if you're thinking like, oh, we'd love to cover our neighborhood in signs that say, hey, slow down, children at play (laughs) or something like that. I don't think that's exactly in the realm. But if you wanted to host like a neighborhood block party around the theme of street safety where you all get together and like then I think, okay, now that is a bit of an event that feels a little bit more Ace Grant-y. Cool. Um, So I will put all the details in our show notes, including a link to the application, a link to more information, and then also details about some upcoming info sessions. There's one in the evening on November 15th in Glendale, and then there's one in the evening on November 27th at our co-working space, The Shop. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. So maybe we'll go. Yeah. So that's the ACE grant. Cool, Allie. I feel like there are a lot of programs and resources that the city hosts that are available through the city that people just don't know about. I mean, I didn't know about these ACE grants and, you know, I've covered City Hall before. So uh, thank you so much for getting that information out there. Uh, May I tell you about the municipal news that I'm excited about this week? Yep, hit me. All right. So this past summer, we saw the Green Loop pop-up project on 2nd East between 3rd and 4th South. Basically, it was like a little park in the middle Mm -hmm. of a street. And you and I had lunch there once, Allie, and it was super cute. Now, there are plans in place uh, for a more permanent version of the Green Loop, and we are pumped about it. I'm so stoked about this. I know. I'm so so stoked. We're dreaming bigger, though, Allie. We're dreaming bigger. So this phase that they're looking at here uh, would be a permanent redesign of Second East from South Temple to 900 South. Mm -hmm. And that's really exciting. But even that is just like one portion of this proposed green loop. So we're looking at bringing more green space into downtown. We're looking at bike lanes, pedestrian spaces, and they have a draft design for this green loop project. uh, And they want your input on it. So there is a survey that is open through November 30th that you can take. You can look at some of the some of the designs that they're proposing and weigh in Mm -hmm. on them. One thing, Allie, that is really cool that I hadn't thought about is they're looking at really creating a beautiful space around the civic block. So, you know, we have the city and county building. We've got the library and one of the options. Oh, I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> One of the options that you can that you can suggest is permanent public restrooms on the civic block. <laughs> oh my god! Beep, beep, I'm beep. looking at. I took the survey this morning and I was like making some notes about it in an in like a little Apple Notes thing here on my computer screen um, for when we talked about it. And all I wrote was public restrooms public in restrooms. all caps. <laughs> yes, yes, it's so exciting. So please weigh in on your hopes and dreams for the. Green Loop. Um, I'll put the link to the survey in the show notes. You can also take a self-guided walking tour of Mm -hmm. this proposed Green Loop. And I'm wondering if anyone wants to walk with us. Anyone want to walk with CityCast Salt Lake? Little walking tour? 
Yeah. So members of the city and some of the design team are like leading walking tours this week, but they're kind of in the middle of the day and so kind of hard to participate in if you are in a nine to five situation. Um, So yeah, Emily and I were brainstorming the possibility of leading a green loop walking tour. If that's interesting to you as a listener, let us know. And then if enough people are interested, I think we could do it. And it could just be like a fun early evening pre-dark thing. Um, Email us, saltlake at citycast.fm. DM us on Instagram at citycastslc. Those are probably the two best ways to get at us, right? Oh, or you can text us 801-203-0137. Let us know if you want to go on a Green Loop walking tour and it could be fun. We could like get a little lunch and make an evening of it. All right, before we get out of here, let's do pick of the week. Emily, what is your pick of the week? Uh, I would like to crown U.S. Senator Mitt Romney the king of Halloween. Oh, no. No. (laughs) Uh, Mitt Romney and his wife, Anne, went as Kansas City chief player Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift to a Halloween party this week. (sighs) Come on, Allie. That's funny. That's funny. And and he stepped in to MC the US Capitol's Halloween dog parade. Mm-hmm. It's just silly. It's Mick gonna Mitt. Mick gonna Mitt. And he ain't gonna quit. Nope. So that's my pick. What's your pick? Okay, my pick of the week is Culture Coffee, which is a coffee shop coming soon to Fair Park on 300 North. And it's the guys who are co-owners of the Salt Lake City Barber Company are opening a coffee shop right next door. And they have been sharing this journey of opening this coffee shop on Instagram. And like from day one, like it's just been really fun to follow the progression. Of course, I drive past it every single time I go to work out at the Northwest Rec Center, which is my gym. And first the sign is up outside and now the sign is up inside. And like they're, they themselves are like building tables for inside the coffee shop. And there is just something like so fun and so beautiful about watching a small business come to fruition. And I think these guys are super cool and I just can't wait to get a latte there. And so this week they hung their indoor sign. The bar is up. It feels like we're getting close. And shout out to them. Shout out to Culture Coffee. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can have our next team meeting there. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. That would be nice. All right, Emily, have a fantastic weekend. I will see you on Monday, and I am sure that you will just continue to get more political mail for the next two weeks. So <laughs> sending my best to your recycling bin. <laughs> I'm going to drop it off on your stoop, okay? Oh, no. <laughs> see you Monday, Allie. Bye. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producers are Ivana Martinez and Lizzie Goldsmith. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria, and our host is me, Ali Bayakta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria, with additional music from All the Kimonos. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Have a great weekend. Bye.